Welcome to Gold Camp. In this episode, we have a discussion with Chrissy Das. Chrissy is a nonfiction ghostwriter, book coach, and editor who founded Invisible Writer to serve service-based business owners and creative professionals who want to use the best words to communicate life-changing ideas. They rely on Chrissy to help them better communicate their thought leadership and grow their business. Since 2015, Chrissy has ghostwritten more than a dozen business books and edited more than a hundred. In 2021, she started book coaching her clients when she realized that they needed more support to meet their goal of writing a book. This is Gold Camp. So I am a ghost writer. And what that means is I write the stories that other people want to tell, but don't really know the words to say. I specialize in business books. So I work with a lot of lawyers, therapists, real estate agents, professional speakers, people who have a strong message and an audience that they want to influence. Is there specific training for that or do you just have to be good Well, it words? is an unregulated industry, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I started off as a professional editor back in 2012, did a lot of copy editing and proofreading. And then I noticed over the years that my clients had more intense needs. They didn't just need a copy edit. They didn't just need a proofread. They needed some handholding. <laughs> and some rewriting. And ghostwriting was a natural evolution for me from editing. I will say not all editors are ghostwriters and not all ghostwriters are editors. So you'll definitely want to ask when you're interviewing someone, what's your background? What what are you good at? Yes. And I remember you worked with me in that patience, that listening, and really trying to understand what the writer is trying to communicate. I I have always been a natural interviewer. I'm really interested in what people have to say and why why do they want to say it? When you're writing a book, you're not just writing it because you're like, I got to get it out. I got to get it out of my head. You should have a focused purpose so that your book meets your needs. I actually recently finished writing my first book. And it's funny because over the years, so I started ghostwriting in 2015 and now it's 2022. So over the past seven years, I've ghostwritten 15 books. They've ranged from like 15,000 words to 30,000. I think I even had 150 or 60,000 word. The difference between writing for someone else and writing for myself was so hard. Like I was like, all right, I got you. But I'm like, I can't interview myself. And so it was really like sitting with clarity of message and focusing on what my purpose was. I feel more for my clients now, like understanding their struggle of writing while managing your family, while running your business, while doing the 20 other things that you want to do. And I I tell my clients every time, if you want to be successful as an author, you've got to sync your calendar. You got to block out actual time for writing. And that's worked well for, for my clients. It gets down to writing. And there's some tricks and tips. Hopefully you can share some of those with us today. How does a person who endeavors to write a book, how do they get from that idea of, I, I want to write a book? Let's say you're sitting at your desk and you're like, I have this book idea. It's going to be great. And I want to write it. So the first thing that I want you to do before you start anything else is I want you to write down who is your audience. Before you start writing your first chapter, before you start writing your introduction, you need to know who are you writing to? Who are your readers? 
that is really going to help you choose the right words. That's really going to help you choose the right examples in your book. The second thing that I want you to do is I want you to set a timeline. I want you to know when do you want to have the book published? If you're self-publishing, how much lead time do your people need to get it done? If you're publishing through a publisher, how much lead time do they need to get it done? And so then you kind of reverse engineer that process. So step one, identify your audience. Step two, identify your timeline. This is all before you've, you've written a word. Now, step three is I want you to set up your writing space in a way that energizes you. And that means different things to different people. I will tell you right now, <laughs> I have three monitors on my desk. I'm looking at the center monitor during this interview. So I'm like, all right, my little center monitor. But I have three monitors. When I'm writing, I turn off two of them because I don't need them. I also turn off the internet. Well, not the whole internet, because that'd be really mean to other people in my house. But I turn off the uh, the ethernet to my, to my computer. And I'm just like, look, there's writing time and there's research time. You are not going to bounce between both. I used to be like, oh, I must know now. And as I've gotten older, I've mellowed. I don't have to know everything right this minute. And so I focus on writing the idea that I'm trying to get out of my head. And then I'll leave space and I'll like, you know, highlight some of the text, be like, oh, come back later with a more specific example, reference this this way. And it's just much easier when I have my stuff where I need it. Very good to know who your audience is. And that is a harder question to ask than people realize. Because I remember somebody asking me the question. I was like, oh, well, anybody who wants to be a better speaker, they're like, oh, so your audience is a whole 8 billion population of the world, right? They're like, yeah, I'll sell a lot of books. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but... That's so like Your book will go nowhere. It's, it's, you have to connect. You have to speak to someone specifically. I'm thinking of two things about you specifically. So when you say that you're speaking to you, like you, Derek Lott, are really good at connecting with individuals. When you're doing anything, like you are really good at making everyone in the room feel seen and heard as an individual. And I'm just like, bravo, bravo, sir. The other thing that you're good at is building communities. So you take all of these individuals and you are like almost a unifying force for them. And I think that other authors could really benefit from watching how you do that. Because when you're writing a book, especially when you're writing a business book or a leadership book, you want your message to be one that is unifying. You want your message to be one that is going to create a better world. And I think that you've really nailed that. Hey, I appreciate that. Uh, unexpected, man, it warms my heart. So <laughs> you've given us some tips. That's great. But how do I get from there to actually pin on paper getting product? The book writing process is it's a pretty old one. We bond over stories. Humans love stories because they connect us to each other and they connect us to our past. Take storytelling in whatever form that you normally consume it. So for example, I love binge watching Netflix. I really enjoy it. Ozarks, for example. Now, Ozarks could be considered kind of guilty pleasure because it's it's not necessarily a motivational story. But when I look at the storytelling aspect of the episodes and I look at the storytelling aspect of the seasons, I'm like, mm, okay, there's stuff that I can learn from that. I'm a big believer in writing and reading should be fun. They should be like so much fun that you can't get enough of it. 
And um, one thing I love is watching parents who are reading in front of their kids. They're not reading to their kids. They're just sitting on the couch and they're reading like a magazine or they're reading their favorite like John Grisham novel or whatever, whatever your thing is. But they are showing, like they're demonstrating to their children that reading is an enjoyable activity that doesn't have to be done within the confines of a classroom. When you have readers, there's a a saying that readers are leaders. Leaders are readers. I forget which way it goes. But (laughs) I definitely agree with that. When you have a leader, quite often they're very well read. They, They like reading. They like reading across a variety of topics. I heard also a phrase that writers are thought leaders. So readers are leaders. Writers are thought leaders. Writing your book is really about taking what you've experienced and your knowledge and you're sharing it with people. And sometimes it can feel so scary and so narcissistic. Oh, nobody wants to hear my story. I am not that important. And let me tell you, you are that important because you are further along in your journey than someone else's. And so they can learn pieces from you that are going to help them move further. So my husband asked me the other day, he goes, what's the difference between a writer and an author? And I said, well, a writer is someone who writes and an author is someone who publishes. Mm. So you are an author once you have clicked that publish button. Now, you could be an author of a newsletter. You could be an author of a book. You could be an author of several books. It's when you put your writing out into the world for public consumption that you can call yourself an author. Wow, that's an interesting distinction. So that means bloggers and anyone that's producing the written word for public consumption is an author. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That So everybody take that with you. Uh, anything that you're writing for public consumption puts you in that category of being mm-hmm. an author. And it's a little nerve wracking to share things with the public. Mm-hmm. And it can it can definitely be a barrier for for hitting that publish button, for sending your work to a publisher. And that's where somebody like a book coach or a business coach even can help you with the mindset around having your work out there. Yeah, some people do not like the criticism. I know Mm -hmm. someone who's very close to me that can't stand criticism. (laughs) Don't read the comments. Don't read the comments. (laughs) I think as an author... If you're getting ready to publish your first book, the best thing you can do for yourself is is get a hype team. Get your launch team together and let them love on you. Let them nurture you. As far as book sales go, your family is probably not going to be the ones to buy your book. Honestly, <laughs> they love you, but maybe don't give everybody a copy at Christmas. It's a matter of, again, knowing your reader. So if your reader is, it's my family, then cool. But if your audience of readers is middle school teachers who have been in the industry for at least seven years, then connect with those people. And I think that it's much easier now with all of the technology that we have available to create your community in the way that you want to. If you want a Facebook page, have a Facebook page. If you want to delete your Facebook page, delete your Facebook page. I'll tell you, I got rid of my my business page on Facebook last year. I have not missed it. Mm -mm. Because I live my public life on LinkedIn. 
primarily because that's where my readers are. It's all about content that aligns with the life that you want to live. I think that's the most important reason to write a book is because you have a message that you want to share and you have goals that this book will help you meet. I hope people recognize the importance because you never know it will be your book that makes the difference. Out of any other book that's out there, it could be the national bestseller. It could be the one everybody recommended. But your little book could be the one that touches that one person's life. And I think that's important because your purpose, you never know. It could be that one person that goes on to change the lives of many others. So one thing I want to spin off on that is that when you're writing a book, it's important that you that you get it out there. Because you always have the opportunity, as long as you're living, to publish a second updated and expanded or revised version. You're always changing. Your your message might change, and that's okay. I just want to make a book recommendation for your listeners. Everybody Writes by Anne Handley. That book is perfection. I love it. I love it so much, and I love Anne so much. Follow her everywhere, guys. She's everywhere. She's actually publishing an updated and revised edition of Everybody Writes. And I'm like, how can it get better than this? But knowing <laughs> Anne, it will be better than this. I'm just really excited to see to see what she's changed from the first to the second. And I just want people to know that if your plan is to write a book, then you can do it. There are ways that you can do it. November is actually NaNoWriMo month, which is National Novel Writing Month. And that's an online community that comes together to write 50,000 words in 30 days. I did it once or twice in college, but let me tell you people, I do not write that fast. <laughs> I am not that fast. <laughs> I can do maybe a thousand words in a day, but I don't I don't do more than a thousand generally. I keep it pretty, pretty chill. But um if you go to nanorimo.org, then that is that is where you can sign up if you want to be like, ah, oh, I'm gonna write a book in a month. You can totally do it. To the point, the numbers that you just outlined, demonstrate the feasibility. Mm -hmm. When people think about writing a book, they're like, oh my gosh, but it's 30 days, a thousand words a day. You've got 30,000 words. Not that your book has to be 30,000 words, but think about that. A month from now, you could be an author. Obviously, you got to publish, you got to go through some other things, but a month from now, if you committed yourself, thousand words a day, there you have it. Mm -hmm. You you can do it. I definitely encourage you before you publish, <laughs> get an editor, please. Um, <laughs> we, we do need more books in the world, but we need well-written books in the world. Def hire your editor, trust your editor, and, and let them make your book better. Because your, your message is great, but you might need a little tweaking. When I wrote my first book, I learned that I, <laughs> I could use a little brush up on a few things. And it wasn't that bad. It's not that bad, but you know, it, it bruises your ego. But that's the point. Hire somebody that knows what they're doing. They're going to let the best you shine forth. I also like what you said earlier about additions. Don't wait for perfection. Get it out there. Get an editor. They're going to put you in the best light. These additions build on earlier messages. We change, we have a different point of view. And that I think is the beauty 
of becoming a writer and an author and contributing because you evolve. And as you're evolving, your audience goes along on that journey. Definitely. I will tell you, it took me 18 months to write my book. And my book is really short. It's not due out for a while. So I'll talk to you guys about it later. Maybe I'll come back on and talk about it then. Yeah. I'm a professional ghostwriter. So I have written a 30,000 word book in less than six months. That is what I am capable of doing professionally. And for me, it was murder to get it out in 18 months. <laughs> and I realized what was happening is I kept breaking promises to myself because client work was coming. Oh, revenue generating work. I'm going to I'm gonna do this. I'm going to, oh, shiny object over there. I'm going to go do that for a minute. I was really good at setting the goal. Oh, I'm going to get it done by Saturday. Saturday would come and go because I made the goal, but I didn't make the plan. Once I actually put in my my chunks of time to work on this, I'm going to work on chapter one today. I'm going to work on chapter two tomorrow. I had an accountability buddy that I would text, hey, I did my thousand words today. It went great. And my book is under 20,000 words. So it's going to be a short book, like less than 100 pages. It's going to be right at 100 probably. But I am writing it for readers who are extremely busy. They don't have time to read a whole like 300 page thing. I wrote to the length that I thought my reader would like. One of the ways that you can find out how many pages you want your book to be is think about the topic, think about your your vibe as a person, and then go on Amazon and see what other books are in that category, flip through the previews and see which other authors kind of align with your message and see how long are their books, how many reviews do they have? And see, you know, what are kind of the middle of the road reviews, because that will tell you what is missing in their message that you could maybe pick up into yours, because nothing is new under the sun. Don't plagiarize people because that's rude, but you can definitely be inspired by other people. You can definitely do your own version, things that interest you. I love that. Setting a goal versus achieving a goal have a plan set the goal but also you got to make a plan it's important to you yeah i hear you and one of the ways that i think about that is on your computer because you know i have lots of monitors so i'm probably as nerdy as you would think with that many monitors so the way that i like to think about setting habits is your default settings what are the things that you do without even thinking what are the things that you do When you boot yourself up in the morning, what programs are running? I'm in my mid-30s. My default settings now are very different than they were when I was in my 20s. And it's just a matter of focusing on your priorities and making sure that for your book, even if your book, you're like, ah, I'm going to write that in two years. Okay, if you're going to write your book in two years, what small steps are you taking now to make sure that happens? Otherwise, in 18 months, you're going to look up and you're going to be like, I have six months to write my book. And you're going to freak out. Exactly. Exactly. I've been working on personally is focus. Your thoughts on that? I'm going to get pretty vulnerable here. I actually had a nervous breakdown in July. This is Mm. we're recording this in September. I was hospitalized. This is something uh, most of my followers know. You know, I have depression and anxiety. It came to a head and I needed help beyond my normal therapist. Love my normal therapist. Even she was like, hey, Chrissy, I think you need to go to the hospital. And so it was a Wednesday. And I asked her, I said, can I wait until Monday? Because I have stuff to do. And Mm -hmm. she says, you cannot schedule your breakdown for a Monday. And Mm -hmm. I said, 
Why not? So then I went to the hospital. The first thing at the hospital they did was they took away my cell phone. And I was in the hospital about five days. So I did not have my phone for five days, which means I could not check my email for five days. I could not Google random facts for five days. <laughs> I could not update my Twitter for five days. All of these things that I do a lot of, I couldn't check LinkedIn for five days. The world did not fall apart. I did not lose any clients. I had actually messaged clients on the way to the hospital. They're like, hey, I'm going to be out of the office for a few days. Here's here's what's going on. Not yeah. like a full breakdown, right. yeah. but just like hey, I'm having a medical issue. I'll see you later. There are balls in your life that are made of glass and there are balls that are made of rubber. So you drop a ball, it's rubber, you pick it back up again, no problem. The glass ones, you drop the ball, shatters. Well, that I'm like getting that back. My sense of focus since this episode completely transformed. I definitely encourage you if you have any mental health challenges or, or things that you are putting off addressing, don't don't wait until Monday. Do it, do it today. Because maybe you can avoid them taking away your cell phone for a week. <laughs> but a couple of things that changed for me immediately when I got out was I deleted my mail app from my phone. I do not return emails on my cell phone. I am a super techie person. It's hard for me to not have emails when I'm in the grocery store line. And I'm like, I've got 10 minutes in this grocery store line. What am I going to do with myself? You know what I do with myself? Sit quietly. And I observe the people around me. So instead of, you know, looking at my screen, I'm engaging with my neighbors or I'm reading the front of a magazine cover or, or something. I'm more present. Honestly, I'm a lot kinder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm a lot kinder to myself and I'm a lot kinder to other people. I'm usually a very cheerful, happy, nice person. But when you're stressed out and you don't have any outlet for that, anyone can get mean. I can get mean. And I really like this new version of me that lets me be nicer to people, that lets me be nicer to myself. And I think when I went into the hospital, I realized I have a lot of resources. I, I have a comfortable home. I have two cars. I have a dog. I have a husband that I've been married to for 10 years. These are all really great things in my life. I have a business that's successful, even with my mental mental health issues, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I've got all these great things going on. And even if I have these great things going on and I still have these hard times, what's happening to the other people who don't have these resources? So you think about people like Kate Spade, you think about people like Anthony Bourdain, who have access to all of these things and all of this fame and all of this fortune that you're like, this is what I want. And it's not enough. So you've got to have inner focus to know when you're not doing well so that you can do better and so that you can be just a kinder person, a, a more present human. What a way to end a show to think about ourselves and our mental health and well-being. Truly appreciate you being with us. How can folks follow your journey? So I own Invisible Writer. The right. I is invisible. Mm -hmm. um, so for branding purposes, the I is in parentheses. But for the domain name, you're just going to go to invisiblewriter.com. But remember, no first I. So just the letter in, visiblewriter.com. That has my website. I also have resources on that website for authors and business leaders and speakers. So if you're any of the above, check out the resources page to, to see what else you could 
benefit from. I'm very active on LinkedIn, so follow me at Chrissy Doss on LinkedIn, and I'm at Invisible Writer on Instagram and at Invisible Writer on Twitter. Fantastic. This has been an amazing conversation, and you're just an amazing person. We're going to say that's enough for now on the campgrounds, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Goal Camp. Visit our website at derekclot.com forward slash Goal Camp. Find and follow me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram at Derek C. Lott. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share with a friend. Achieving your goals is not something you can do alone. Find a partner that can keep you accountable. Until next time, this is Derek Lott signing off.